1: The ship with black sails that's crewed by the dam. Welcome
0: aboard the black pearl.
1: Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com.
0: And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for minute 16 of Dead Man's Chest. I'm actually glad you could come back today, Heather.
0: Why, thank you.
1: I thought your resolution for the new year would be to find a hideaway on some tropical island. People continually bringing you lava flows and Mai Tais or whatever else.
0: That'd be awful nice, but... You you know, to
1: your beach bungalow.
0: Our podcast doesn't seem to support that.
1: Really? That's weird. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize that.
0: Very strange.
1: I guess we're open for advertising dollars. (laughs) But no, you're here. That dreary, dreary dream of tropical island life just sounds so... Well, just doesn't sound very nice. Why not stick with the real world and hang out with me on a day-to-day basis. A 9-to-5 job, you know.
0: 9-to-5 is a dream.
1: That's bootstrap uh, sad, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's bootstrap Bill Turner sadness right there. Ah, nothing says Happy New Year than the realization of going to work. Glad I could lift everyone's spirits out there. (laughs) In the previous SpongeBob SquarePants Minute, bycatch Billy Turner gives his best impression of the catch of the day. Unfortunately, this fish is nothing more than yesterday's leftovers. Plus, he's in need of a good hole scraping to remove those barnacles. Meanwhile, Jack clearly chances an MTD—that's Maritime Transmitted Disease—for a much-needed hit <laughs> of rum as he absorbs the news. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> he absorbs the news that Bootstrap the Singing Telegram was uh, the courtesy of Davy Jones. Nobody should be getting MTDs out there, so uh, don't drink after barnacle-encrusted people.
0: Stay away from those MTDs.
1: Exactly. Minute 16 begins with Captain Jack Sparrow asking Bootstrap if Davy Jones Shanghai'd him into service. Bootstrap replies that he chose it and is sorry for his part in the Black Pearl mutiny against Jack. All the while, he's catching a scurrying hermit crab. The minute ends with Bootstrap, just because I had to throw in the hermit crab part. The minute ends with Bootstrap in the face of Jack saying... 13 years you've been a captain. Jack tries to interject, but Bootstrap continues saying, You won't be able to talk yourself out of this. The terms will apply to me. Apply. Dot, dot, dot. So is it me? Or is Jack just really grossed out with Bootstrap?
0: (laughs) I think he's just
1: disgusted with him. It's like, this is one disgusting human being is what he's saying to himself.
0: did eat a live hermit crab.
1: It's a survivor challenge. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And he flinched when he did first see Bootstrap. Then he does get that look on his face, that fear factor survivor, insert your reality (laughs) game show here. It's the gross eating challenge, folks. Bootstrap Bill, you're up first. And Jack is not happy about that. He is disgusted with it.
0: I think he's made this face in uh, Curse of Black Pearl, too.
1: Yeah, what would that have been on, though? He's made it somewhere. He has. Unless we've just seen this so many times, we are now... I don't know. Transposing this face to all kinds of other things. But it seems familiar. I don't know what it is. It does seem familiar.
0: But did you see, even after he was grossed out by the hermit crab eating, he still drank from that rum bottle. Of
1: course he did. Oh, (laughs) you got a little hermit crab coming
0: up. Yeah.
1: You missed the spot, Jack. It's right there. just came right off that bottle. (laughs) The real nugget in this minute, though.
0: Is the hermit crud eating?
1: No, no hermit crab eating. What did you say? Hermit crud hermit eating? Hermit
0: crab. Because it is crud. Eating. It
1: is... You don't want to eat hermit crabs. Oh,
0: poor No, I, 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 I totally agree. I mean, we've got four of them in here. and
1: Well, not right here. But well, that's because they came off your encrusted, sea-cursed no. Davy Jones body there. Oh, no. You're not uh, sea-crusted. No. You're not in the Davy Jones service there? No. What are you, giving me the middle finger here?
0: Oh, You're scratching with your middle I finger. I rubbing my eye.
1: Yeah, I think we've all been there. I feel bad for the hermit crab. Your, oh, you do?
0: But I was a little confused because when you go to touch our hermit crabs, they pull their bodies and legs in.
1: This guy knew he's in deep trouble. <laughs> yeah. it was like Shell all out. <laughs> Shell and all was going down the hatchet there, so he tried to get the hell out of there. But he came off his body. I mean, it's like this guy just spawns sea creatures. Yeah. And water. And it's wa- just Did not you see good. the water?
0: He's got too much water dripping off himself. That's what from I'm not saying. not just leaking water. It, it
1: just comes out. And that's the same thing with the sea creatures. This is why Jack is not liking this. Yeah. Yeah. He's not uh, happy with the the whole curse thing or service thing with that's going on no. with Bootstrap. But no. That's not. The Hermit crab eating wasn't the nugget that I was talking about. The real nugget in this minute is the tale. It's the story. The exposition of what actually happened to Bootstrap and the backstory. It's why he's in service with Davy Jones. And I know people and actors and whoever else is in the Mookie. Mookie. Mookie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mookie
1: the movie making business frown on exposition. But when it's done right, I think I can be pretty powerful
0: Pirates does a good job with it.
1: That's what I'm saying. A really
0: good job with it. You know, last, uh, or Curse of the Black Pearl had Gibbs and all these storytelling. And now we have Bootstrap telling stories, and they just do a great job with it.
1: The story is powerful. All, I mean, although none of us can really relate to it, if we really look at the story that he's telling. <laughs> But we can relate to the agonizing torture that it must have been for Turner here. Well,
0: yeah. What's he say? Strapped to a cannon at the bottom of the ocean. Weight of the crushing of the ocean crushing on in on him. Unable to move and unable to die.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's dropped to the bottom of the ocean alive while locked to a cannon. Yeah. That is not good for anybody. No. He's cursed so he doesn't even die. At least at the time he was cursed. But we established in our discussions and through Disney that they do feel pain as a cursed skeleton pirate. Things that are uncomfortable are felt while that which is pleasurable is not. That's what the determination was. That's what Disney said too. So this is the ultimate in pain here. The constant feeling of drowning. The pressure of the water being at the bottom of the Caribbean. Brutal. I mean, it's really just a brutal scenario.
0: He said with the cannon and the weight of the ocean, he wasn't even able to move.
1: Yeah, so he can't even move. So it's the ultimate claustrophobia moment here for this guy. And this would be for eternity. Yeah. This is an eternal thing that's going to happen. I mean, how long could he sit there in that situation wondering if the curse would ever be lifted so he could just die? Right. I mean, how would he know? He doesn't. No. This wasn't something that Barbosa planned on, so for all Bootstrap knew is that this would be his fate forever. Right. He didn't know if... Will was going to come along and help lift the curse or any of that. And he didn't even really know the details of the curse. Right. So he didn't even know what the hell was going on with this. I mean, he you know, he knew some of the stuff, but the details on that. I mean, the deal with Davy Jones, no matter what it is, it sounds pretty good at the time.
0: Oh, uh, well, he had no other choice, if you ask me.
1: That's what I'm thinking. You know, I mean, there, I would, was,
0: there was nothing, no other choice there.
1: I'm sure I would take that deal.
0: Yeah probably take that deal anyway.
1: I might take that deal anyway. You've always wanted to be
0: a sea creature.
1: A sea creature? Really? No. Okay, a fish. I don't think that's even the case. (laughs) What the hell is going on here? I'm going to do that middle finger scratch my forehead (laughs) thing like you did to me just a little bit ago.
0: I was scratching my eye.
1: That's what she said. Literally, that's what you said. That's not even a euphemism. That's what you said and you're perpetrating lies upon me. Because at this point, back to this discussion here... It's about living in the moment and not looking long term at what it means to be in service with Davy Jones right we don't know that yet
0: we don't know exactly we just know you turn into barnacles
1: and it's not good I mean would anybody not make that deal if you're at the bottom no, of the ocean
0: that's all that's all he could have done he wasn't dying he was just suffering He down feels there. like
1: he's dying every second all the time he feels like he's dying yeah but, he's but not. he couldn't die that's the power of the story that I'm talking about. That's the power of setting up Bootstrap to not be this enemy of Jack, but to make him an ally that was almost put in an impossible situation. That lifts a sympathy factor for Bootstrap as far as I'm concerned. Right. And it reveals the tragic nature of his character, why he hangs his head and why he's so depressed as we talked about in the previous minute. Yeah. There's no doubt why this is going on. This is Bootstrap's Kobayashi Maru scenario here. You don't know the Kobayashi Maru? Do you know the Kobayashi Maru? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes.
0: Of course I do.
1: It's about time. Surprise, surprised I didn't know you ever watched Mario Brothers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star Trek. The only way out of the Kobayashi Maru, the no-win situation, is to cheat. Right. Captain Kirk style. Unfortunately, he didn't have an opportunity to cheat the system here, Bootstrap. There was no cheating at this stage. Right. Where he was at. Had he not made the deal... I think it's important to point out that when Will lifts a curse through the blood repaid deal, he essentially killed his father. And I don't remember. I think we may have touched on yeah, that at the beginning. Did. So Bootstrap would be dead. And I'm sure he would have chosen that fate if he knew that that was going to be a possibility. Right. But he didn't know about the curse, how it would be lifted, if it would ever be lifted. All he knew is that every freaking second, he's being crushed, can't breathe, and he feels like he's dying, but he can't die. Right. When I watched the minute, I wasn't sure... If Jack was really interested in Bootstrap's story or the fate that he was facing. Or was Jack more concerned with his own fate at this particular time?
0: Uh, Jack's always concerned with himself first and foremost.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's the latter. Yeah. Because it's one of those classic drunk guys talking scenarios here. If we could do another scenario. It's not as good as a Kobayashi Maru, but there is a written law when drunk guys are talking to each other. Each one is sharing their problem kind of deal. Yeah. The other one... Well, no one is really listening, okay? You only have two people waiting for the opportunity to to talk talk? and tell their story. The other guy is waiting for the other guy to shut up. (laughs) And then he's going to talk about it. Nobody's going to be telling their stories. Or they're going to tell their stories, but no one's really listening. They're just waiting to tell their own problems. And that's what I get that feeling here with Jack. Is that he's just waiting for Bootstrap to kind of... He's nodding along kind of deal, but he's really like, Oh my God, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) He mentioned Davy Jones. I'm not excited about that. No. This is not good for me. So that's what I'm thinking. I think it's the what the hell's up and what's going on here. And I'm drunk. So we got part of that scenario there. And by the end of the minute, we do find out that Jack also made a deal with Davy Jones. A deal, basically, with the devil and being strapped to a cannon, there's no escape. So a Kobayashi Maru for Jack. As we know... But Jack is a trickster, though. That's what we have established with Jack. He's the classic trickster. And the Kobayashi Maru is made for classic tricksters or Captain Kirk, depending on uh, what card you want to take there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we find out in this minute why Davy Jones is after Jack.
1: Well, we don't have all the details, but we do have the basic understanding of what happened here.
0: Yeah, that he made a deal with him.
1: Oh, actually, we do have why it was because Jack made a deal because he's...
0: Black Pearl was at the bottom of the ocean and Davy Jones brought it back up.
1: That's exactly it. So, we do have that. Yeah. And it was going to be for 13 years that he'd be the captain of that. Yeah. So, that's all spelled out. Jack
0: doesn't agree because he wasn't technically captain for 13 years. I mean, that's a
1: technicality.
0: (laughs) That's basically what Bootstrap said to him.
1: I'd do it. I'd try to pull that card. Wouldn't you?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. Classic tricks for that. I don't want to look like Bootstrap. Yeah. You
1: got to cheat a door that for sure. When Jack tells Bootstrap that it's funny what a man will do to forestall his final judgment, do you think he's really talking about himself at that moment? Getting back to the conversations of two drunk guys talking, nobody's really listening. Do you think Jack is really talking about himself at that moment?
0: Yeah, I can't imagine he's talking to
1: Bootstrap. That's what I'm saying.
0: It about Bootstrap.
1: I think he's trying to make a case almost for himself, justify to himself why I made this deal. Yeah. So, I think in a way,
0: even though Bootstrap took it as he was talking to him.
1: Yeah. And that's, it goes both ways. I mean, it's kind of symbolic of the nature of this. It does really apply to Bootstrap. And nobody can blame Bootstrap for what he did. But Jack is an interesting character because Jack sometimes lives for the moment, but sometimes he has his eye on a prize that's down the road and he has steps ahead of things and he's, you know, he tricksters people. Classic trickster thing. He knows what he's going to do, he's going to try and get there. But sometimes he does have his eye on that moment. And this is a classic case of that kind of idea with making a deal with Davy Jones. Yeah. That's for the moment. He didn't think...
0: About the future.
1: Yeah, about the future. In 13 years at that time period is too is a long time. It's like, well, who knows what the hell will be happening in 13 years. Right. So he maybe takes that deal. But Jack is always, and everything he does seems to be forestalling his final judgment. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is just one of those things. He's always getting out of his final judgment, whether it's the noose, like we saw in The Curse of the Black Pearl, or with Barbosa. You know, there's always something that goes on there that he's just basically kind of pushing off, you know, kind of the end of his line. Right. Is really what's happening.
0: Somehow gets out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, he makes, he's always making deals and he's always in, like, averting the inevitable. Right. He's able to do that. He's able to push things off and that's what he does best. Push off his uh, past catching up with him and making trouble. Right. Or his present <laughs> for some of the stuff he does. This whole situation with us finding out why Jack made a deal with Davy Jones about the Pearl. I mean, we really only do get a very small tidbit of what actually happened. It's kind of like at the beginning of the movie. We know that he went in to get the key from the prison, the Turkish prison. Right. But then there's all kinds of backstory that happens that we find out about. And it's the same thing here with Davy Jones. So we do get some of that interesting info on the Black Pearl and Jack's deal, as I was saying. But I thought I would expand on that because, well, maybe give just an abridged story on it. So we it gets back to our Lord Cutler Beckett and his animosity to Jack for spoiling his chance at getting a title, a royal title. And the pirate mark then that Beckett gives him. Yeah. So essentially Beckett wanted to hit Jack where it hurts the most. So he set the wicked wench on fire. And this is Jack's boat. Ship. boat now? How dare you? Look what you've done to me. <laughs> so ridiculous.
0: I wrote ship on my paper just so I say ship. Now I say it though. You've said it so many times. Now
1: I say boat. Dang it. S- sets the wicked wench on fire. And Beckett's men are holding Jack back and making him watch his beloved ship burn. Again... His symbol of freedom, which comes back to why there's also that connection with Davy Jones and not wanting his freedom to be taken because it really is linked with that ship. Jack was able to escape from the guards and tried to save the winch from the flames. The wicked winch, maybe I should say, because the winch, it could be, no, he's going after a (laughs) ship, not just some lady that was being trapped (laughs) by the flames. But instead, he was hit by a falling beam that was uh, part of the ship that was burning in the cabin. So he was hit with it. Jack found himself in a dreamlike state and realizing he was dying, summoned Davy Jones and made a deal with the guy to spend 100 years in service to Jones aboard the Flying Dutchman if he raised the Wicked wench from the depths and give Jack command of the vessel for 13 years. That's the deal. That's the backstory there. So Jones kept his word and raised the ship from the depths for Jack. And due to her charred appearance after being burned by Beckett.
0: That's why she's a black pearl.
1: Jack rechristened her the black pearl and painted Uh, the ship's hull. Black. And gave her black sails in order to strengthen her image as an infamous pirate ship. Wow. And that's here we are now. There you go.
0: 13 years is an odd number.
1: It is an odd number. It's my favorite number. I think a lot of people have that as a favorite number though. Just because it's (laughs) (laughs) anti-society. It's like a bad luck for a lot of people. So you're saying
0: Jack chose this because it's anti-society.
1: Oh, yeah, actually. That's possible is what I'm saying. Because it's 13 years is also kind of that taboo number. Davy Jones picked it. Maybe Jack picked it. I don't know who settled on it, but maybe it was Jones who suggested it. Right. Okay, odd. I can imagine Jack negotiating this. It starts off like you get five years.
0: 20. Jack
1: says 20, and then they hovered and they landed on 13. Okay. And then they feel like both winners there. Okay. There you go. It's negotiations. That's how they did it. But it ends up where we are. We get the tidbit of it, and then there's an opportunity in the expanded universe to tell us what really happened there behind the scenes. And I have... Because we've been talking about some backstory stuff. I also have a miscellaneous note, and it's a brief historical element, dare I say, history, to add to our heavy discussions over the last few bootstrap episodes. Okay. Something a More little on lighter. barnacles. What? Huh?
0: More on barnacles?
1: No barnacles. This is light and oh, fun. Oh,
0: okay. It's about history. the triumph
1: of the human spirit and people helping each other, people working together, working to make good things happen. Okay. So, Jack asked Turner if he's been Shanghai'd in the beginning of the minute. So, it looks like, A, this is not the part that's humans coming together to work together for the common good. This is like a prelude to that. So, it looks like we got ourselves another instance of a Pirates of the Caribbean character coining a word or phrase. Because apparently the use of shanghai is from the mid-19th century. Its origin is obviously from the city Shanghai, which, by the way, means by the sea, if you were curious what Shanghai meant.
0: I was, thank you.
1: And... Shanghai, the word, was put into the common lexicon from the forceful methods formerly used to collect crews for voyages to the Orient. It's dated about 1855 or 1860 for its first appearance as a nautical term. Oh, okay. But Shanghai, and this is where it gets interesting. This is where people come together for the triumph of the human spirit. And this is where we go, you know what? It's the holiday season or just past. It's good to see people working together. To give each other's jobs and things. You're looking at me like a skeptical eye there.
0: <laughs> so.
1: shanghaiing or crimping. Is the practice of kidnapping people to serve as sailors. By coercive techniques such as trickery. Intimidation or violence. See? People working together. Yes. Those engaged in this form of kidnapping were known as crimps. It's like a old term for crips. And maybe that's where they got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. The related term comes to Press Gang, which was the one that was used to bring sailors aboard kind of forcefully yeah. in the Royal Navy of Great Britain in the UK. Right. Here, we call it crimping. How dare those... Is uh, that what
0: gr- you do with your hair?
1: It is. You just kind of uh, crimp them, and that's where it came from. So you guys that crimp your hair out there are using a tactic in a word that actually related to people being forcefully put into kind of a slavery sailing thing there. So I hope you're satisfied with yourselves, you hair no, crimpers. How
0: They're supposed to feel about that.
1: They should feel bad about it.
0: Okay.
1: The role of crimps and the spread of the practice of shanghaiing resulted from a combination of laws. There were economic conditions and the shortage of experienced sailors in England and on the American western coast in the mid-19th century. First, once a sailor signed on board a vessel for a voyage, it was illegal for him to leave the ship before the voyage's end. The penalty was imprisonment, the result of federal legislation enacted in 1790. Second, the practice was driven by a shortage of labor, particularly of skilled labor on ships on the West Coast, with crews that were abandoning ships en masse because of the California gold rush. Oh. Huh. So this whole process is like, you know what, we really need people. Everybody's heading over to California for gold. Let's just start getting people even if they don't want to. (laughs) And this is where it gets interesting. This is where we see how much people really care. And that's care about money. Ah! The most straightforward method for a crimp to Shanghai, a sailor, was to render him unconscious, forge his signature on the ship's articles, and pick up his blood money, as they called it in quotes. This approach was widely used. A lot of people just knocked you unconscious, forged your signature, dropped you off at the boat, and then got paid for it.
0: Don't piss anybody off. And up. then
1: <laughs> and then there were laws by the United States that were in place to say, well, you signed it. That's not my signature. Hey, your signature's on there. Uh. <laughs> and... Then you're stuck because if you leave, then you get imprisoned. It's a no-win scenario. Kobayashi Maru. you got to cheat that. And like I said, for the love of money, and they were doing these gentlemen who needed jobs of service. Okay. <laughs> some crimps made as much as $9,500 per year in the 1890s dollars, which is equivalent to about 250000 today. Wow. <laughs> Seriously? And getting these poor souls crimped or shanghaied wow. or press ganged into service aboard ships. Wow. That's why you don't see these guys smiling all the time. That's why people went to piracy too. You just got to imagine, right? Yeah. Well, hell, I'm on here. Why would I work for the Navy or some of these other vessels? I'm going to go uh, pirating. Yeah. Plus, you didn't want to die right then too if the pirates came aboard. I swear though. It's like, can't we all just freaking get along and be good Captain Jack Sparrows or good Will Turner pirates here? No, everybody wants to go crimping. It's the latest fad. Let's go crimping. <laughs> If you hear your friends say, "Let's go crimping this weekend," it's not getting your hair done. You guys are going to go press gang some people. That's not very nice.
0: Not at all. Very profitable, though. Although,
1: yeah, profitable. So maybe, maybe send us a bonus check if you guys get <laughs> when you guys get your crimping checks. You heard it here first. After you establish your new business, send us a royalty check. All those uh, people, the blood money, we'll call it. It's like a cool little term for us. Maybe that's really what the uh, Facebook group should be. Cursed listeners crew, we're just really crimping people and putting them on ships, (laughs) Prisking style. That's about it for me. So, unless you got something else going on there.
0: I do. I kind of noticed on Bootstrap here, the lighting is kind of moving. It looks like there's somehow some moonlight getting through into the bowels of the ship and kind of going on Bootstrap.
1: Is it from the... Is it from the lantern though? I didn't see this. No, I didn't notice this.
0: It's not the lantern because it's not a yellow color. It's a moonlight kind of shining in on really? it, and it's almost like if you watch it, it kind of goes over him, like you would. You would see a moonlight on water.
1: But maybe is there light that's just reflecting off water off this guy's face?
0: It's it's a blue color, not huh, the yellow color know. from the lantern.
1: I that's interesting. I don't know what that would mean. It looks
0: like it looks how like there there's be, actual it was moonlight dark coming down through there. Yeah, it, it looks like there's moonlight Okay, through.
1: lighting people. I'm going to have to check this out, and then we'll have to report back.
0: I can't believe you didn't catch that. Is this
1: why they didn't get an Oscar for their lighting Maybe.
0: Because mm. the lantern, it's not, it's not from the lantern, and it doesn't look like it's coming from the lantern.
1: Hey, Bill, turn your flashlight off it back there. It looks
0: like it's coming from the moonlight, and with the boat rocking, it's kind of moving along him.
1: I'll have to look that up, yeah, but have I to didn't see, see it. Check it out. Are you sure they're not? This is the correct minute you're on. You've yes. been discussing this minute, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. I know sometimes you sleep. Or so I'm
0: surprised of something you didn't catch. Actually,
1: I was really concerned about Whipping Shanghaiing, and I was really concerned about. Well, I was concerned about that poor little hermit crab, which he actually ate in the movie. Apparently, he ate a real live hermit crab you shell. Lie. And okay. And I was worried about. No animals were harmed in the yeah, making of true. this movie. And I was worried about. Bootstrap and kind of the symbolic nature of that whole thing. So yeah, so that's all I got. Then it's just a heavy minute ending with a little forced shipboard service, some moonlight, perhaps. Ought to check it out. So everything you need to get through the day, basically. Awesome. All you crimps out there, we uh, we appreciate it. Not today, but in you know, <laughs> I don't know. now. I just yeah. got, send all your hate mail to Heather.
0: <laughs>
1: no forcing people to work aboard ships. So that's all. That's all I got. That's it for me. So we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 17 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling, crimping, and press-ganging to a minimum. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, Scallywags. (laughs) Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, soundcloud.com slash pirates of the caribbean that's for best of clips and by all means give us a plug and review on itunes we'd appreciate it mateys oh and let's not forget the facebook cursed crew listeners group for post episode discussions that's actually a lot to remember especially if you're in a foggy haze like heather just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button perhaps i should have just said that from the beginning